We welcome everybody to the Srimad Bhagavatam Discourse in Radhakala Janjidam, Dallas, Texas. For those of you who are living outside the area, you might know that we have a cold front right now in Dallas, Texas, which has brought the temperature down. The high today is supposed to be about 89 degrees. That's that's cold front in July. So we thank you all for taking some time out of your busy day to hear philosophy. And those of you who are hearing the class after the fact on the uh, archives, uh, we're, we're very pleased that you've chosen to take a little time to listen to some of the discourse on the amazing scripture that we have one of several, but this is a very amazing one out of the several, and that's the Srimad Bhagavatam. I'm Rupa Nogadas, disciple of Tamar Krishna Goswami Maharaj, grand disciple of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada. Before we begin our discussion this morning, we're going to have Invocation to the Supreme Lord. Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hari Jai Gopi Janavalla Bhagiri Jai Gopi Janavalla Bhagiri Jashodanandana Brajajana Ranjana Jashodanandana Brajajana Ranjana Jamuna Tirabanachari Jamuna Tiravanachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jai Gaur Premananda Hari Hari Bo Jai Om Vishnupad Paramahamsa Parigajaka Charja Astog Tarasata Shri Srimada's Divine Loving Grace Abhoya Charanada Vinda Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Om Vishnupad Paramahamsa Parigajaka Charja Astog Tarasata Shri Srimada's Divine Grace Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Gosami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Ananta Koti Vaishnavrinda Ki Iskan BBT Founder Acharya Srila Prabhupada Ki 
Iskan Guru Paramparaki Shiru Shisanatan Bhattaraganat Shijiva Gopal Bhattadasaraganat Satkosami Prabhu Ki Nama Charja Shila Haridas Thakur Ki Premseko Shri Krishna Chaitanya Vravadhyananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gura Bhakta Vrindaki Shri Shri Radha Krishna Gopa Gopinath Shamakun Radhakun Giri Govardhanaki Shri Vrindamandam Ki Shri Maturadam Ki Shri Maya Punabhudvitam Ki Shri Jagannath Puridam Ki Shri Shri Radha Kalachandidam Ki Ganga Devi Ki Jamunu Mai Ki Tulsi Devi Ki Bhakti Devi Ki Samaveda Bhakta Vrinda Ki Brihat Madanga Transcendental Book and Prasharam Distribution Ki Nitai Goda Premananda Hari Hari Bo All glories to the assembled devotees All glories to the assembled devotees All glories to the assembled devotees All glories, all glories, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Gauranga Namo Vishnu Vidaya Krishna Pastaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namane Namaste Sarasvati Deve Godabhari Bhajanine Nivasesha Srinivari Pastatya Deshitarine Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritam Naram Chaivanurottamam Devin Sarasvatim Yasan Tato Jayam Udirayat Nasta Praeshva Badreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavatyutama Shloke Bhakti Bhavirinashtaki Grantara Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai This morning we're going to continue our reading and discussing the introduction to the first canto, first chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam. All of this introductory material written by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai and spoken of in classes that he, is, he gave during His a uh, relatively short stay on this planet. Only 84 years, I think, was he here uh, on the planet, the last 12 of which he was preaching vigorously throughout the world. So in the Srimad Bhagavatam, this latest edition, for those of you who have a copy of the newer version, the newer edition, uh, this is... Um, We're going to be reading from page number 20, I believe is where we're starting. Let me just check check my notes here. Actually, we're, go- we're going to go back just a little bit. Uh, Dharma Prabhu covered some of this yesterday. As a matter of fact, he covered probably most of what we're going to be reading, but I'm just going to read this part again because I think it's instructive to those of us who are followers of his divine grace. This is on page 18, and the chap- and the, the paragraph begins. The Lord agreed to take lessons from Bhattacharya. That's, uh, that's, um, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, not Balabhadra, but, um, Sarvabhuma. 
Sarvabhuma Bhattacharya. The Lord agreed to take lessons from Bhattacharya on the Vedanta, and they sat together in the temple of Lord Jagannath. Now this is about Lord Chaitanya. This is this is uh, Lord Krishna's um, pastimes in the in the mood and the complexion of Srimati Radharani. So this is coming from the Chaitanya Charitamrita. The Bhattacharya went on speaking continually for seven days, and the Lord heard him with all attention and did not interrupt. The Lord's silence raised some doubts in Bhattacharya's heart, and he asked the Lord how it was that he did not ask anything or comment on his explanations of Vedanta. And if you'll remember, Sarvabhama Bhattacharya did not know at this time, at this moment in time, uh, the the divine position of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Uh, he just thought of him as being a student, someone who was certainly his junior and probably his uh, inferior. He was not superior to Bhattacharya. This was his thinking. The Lord posed himself before the Bhattacharya as a foolish student and pretended that he heard the Vedanta from him because the Bhattacharya uh, felt that this was the duty of a sannyasi. But the Lord did not agree with his lectures. By this, the Lord indicated that the so-called Vedantists among the Shankara Sampradaya or any other Sampradaya who do not follow the instructions of Srila Vyasadeva are mechanical students of the Vedanta. They are not fully aware of that great knowledge. The explanation of the Vedanta Sutra is given by the author himself in the text of the Srimad Bhagavatam. One who has no knowledge of the Bhagavatam will hardly be able to know what the Vedanta says. And so there there are some of us who may have read this last statement here about... um, the uh, Srila Vyasadeva, the, the explanation of the Vedanta Sutra given by the author himself, that's Srila Vyasadeva, in the text of Srimad Bhagavatam. So one may ask then, if he has already given his commentary and explanation, if that's in, if that's built into the text of the Srimad Bhagavatam, then why do we need to discuss it? And the only reason that we we will take the risk being uh, certainly not elevated enough to be speaking on the Bhagavatam is that our spiritual master and our Param Guru, Srila Prabhupada, has has, uh, instructed his disciples uh, to do this. Thank you very much. So therefore, we're going to take the risk of reading and giving some uh, some ex- further explanation or purport ourselves and hoping that we're not offensive to the Srimad Bhagavatam. The Bhattacharya, being a vastly learned man, could follow the Lord's sarcastic remarks on the popular Vedantist. He therefore asked him, that's Bhattacharya, asked him, asked the Lord, why he did not ask about any point which he could not follow. The Bhattacharya could understand the purpose of his dead silence for the days he had heard him, seven days continuously. This showed clearly that the Lord had something else in mind. Thus the Bhattacharya requested him to disclose his mind. Upon this, the Lord spoke as follows. My dear sir, I can understand the meaning of the sutras, 
like Janmadya Sya Yataha and Shastra Yoni Dwat and Atato Brahma Vigyasa of the Vedanta Sutra. But when you explain them in your own way, it becomes difficult for me to follow them. The purpose of the sutras is already explained in them. This is what we were saying before about but about Srila uh, Vyasadeva uh, has already explained his meaning in the verses themselves. So the purpose of the sutras is already explained. But your explanations are covering them with something else. You do not purposely take the direct meaning of the sutras, but indirectly give your own interpretations. The Lord thus attacked all Vedantists who interpret the Vedanta Sutra fashionably, according to their limited power of thinking, to serve their own purpose. Such indirect interpretations of the authentic literatures like the Vedanta Sutra are hereby condemned by the Lord. So this is another reason that we have to be very careful, that we're always presenting nothing more than what Srila Vyasadeva has presented and what Srila uh, um, Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada has, has presented on this great literature. The Lord continued, Srila Vyasadeva has summarized the direct meanings of the mantras in the Upanishads in the Vedanta Sutra. Unfortunately, you do not take their direct meaning. You indirectly uh, interpret them in a different way. So here is uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, uh, who is a young fellow, and he is reproaching uh, the person who is trying to act as his spiritual master, uh, Sarva Bhattacharya who was a greatly learned scholar of that time. And Lord Chaitanya went on, The authority of the Vedas is unchallengeable, unchallengeable, and stands without any question of doubt. And whatever is stated in the Vedas must be accepted completely. Otherwise, one challenges the authority of the Vedas. And so this is this is one of the major points we want to talk about a little bit more today. But we'll read on. The conch shell and cow dung, Lord Chaitanya saying, are bone and stool of two living beings. But because they have been recommended by the Vedas as pure, people accept them because of the authority of the Vedas. And that bone that he's talking about is the conch shell, which comes from the ocean, and cow dung, which is, which is the stool and even the urine of the, of the cow are both considered to be, uh, uh pure. They're, con- they're recommended by the Vedas as pure and therefore people accept them as such because of the authority of the Vedas. Then Prabhupada goes on to say, the idea is that one cannot set this imperfect, set his imperfect reason above the authority of the Vedas. The orders of the Vedas must be obeyed as they stand without any mundane reasoning. The so-called followers of the Vedic injunctions make their own interpretations of the Vedic injunctions and thus they establish different parties and sects of the Vedic religion. Lord Buddha directly denied the authority of the Vedas. Now, if you remember, Lord Buddha is one of the Dasha avatars. He's an incarnation of Krishna. 
and he came for a particular purpose. So he denied the authority of the Vedas, and he established his own religion, which we know now as Buddhism. Only for this reason, the Buddhist religion was not accepted by the strict followers of the Vedas. But those who are so-called followers of the Vedas are more harmful than the Buddhists, if they're so-called followers. The Buddhists have the courage to deny the Vedas directly, but the so-called followers of the Vedas have no courage to deny the Vedas. Although they direct indirectly, they disobey all the injunctions of the Vedas. Lord Chaitanya condemned this. The examples given by the Lord of the conch shell and the cow dung are very much appropriate in this connection. If one argues that since cow dung is pure, the stool of a learned brahmana is still more pure, then his argument will not be accepted. Cow dung is accepted, and the stool of a highly posted brahmana is rejected. The Lord continued, The Vedic injunctions are self-authorized, and if some mundane creature adjusts the interpretations of the Vedas, he defies their authority. It is foolish to think of oneself as more intelligent than Srila Vyaste. He has already expressed himself in the sutras, and there is no need of help from personalities of lesser importance. His work, the Vedanta Sutra, is as dazzling as the midday sun. And when someone tries to give his own interpretations on the self-effulgent, sun-like Vedanta Sutra, he attempts to cover this sun with the cloud of his imagination. And we'll stop here in our reading. We came to the bottom of page 19 in the new edition of the first canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Om Jnana Timirandasya Gyananjana Salakaya Chakchuran Militam Jena Tasmai Sri Gurave Shri Chaitanya Marobishtam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Hakada Maya Tadati Swavarantikam Mandeham Shri Guru Shri Jutta Padakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sagradattam Sahagana Raghunatan Vitam Tam Sajivam Savadvaitam Savaduttam Padijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakan Vitamscha He Krishna Karanasando Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gorangi Radhe Brindamadeshwadi Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vanchakalpata 
Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Ram Rama Rama Hare Hare Grantaraj Shimur Bhagavatam Ki Jai Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Pistaya Bhutale Srimate Tamal Krishna Gosamaniti Namane My spiritual master, Tamal Krishna Goswami Maharaj, once said, uh, when he was asked, he was asked the question in a class, after a class they'd been giving him. He was asked, uh, Srila Gurdav, if, if, if you can't make it to both parts of the morning program, means the part from 4.30 until 7 o'clock, and then the second part of the program is from 7 o'clock until 8.30 or 9.00 said, if you can't make it to both parts, which one should a person really try to make it to? Which one is more important? And, of course, Srila uh, Tamal Krishna Goswami said, uh, well, I, let me go back up a little bit. He he understood the question was a sincere question. It wasn't a question from a person just trying to get out of coming to some portion of the morning program, but someone who already who had some responsibilities that required him to come to one or the other. And so he thought for a minute, and uh, Tamal Krishna Goswami Maharaj said, the second part you should come to, because in the second part you hear philosophy. So that's not to, that's not to denigrate or belittle, uh, the first part of the morning program, which begins at, uh, Mongol Arti. And that's, uh, during the Brahma Muhurta hour of the day. Very important time of day to come. But he was saying that, uh, he understood the position of householders among his disciples and among his godbrothers who were, who were staying here, living here in the, uh, Dallas community. And so he was trying to make it possible for them to carry on in their spiritual Another example he gave uh, was uh, um, he had a, a disciple, a young woman, who was uh, from a family in New York City. They were Russian, from Russia, and her father was a taxi driver. And so uh, I think he gave initiation to this man and his wife. Uh, of course, they were older persons by this time because their daughter was already old enough to become an initiated devotee herself. And so um, he, uh, the, the taxi driver uh, devotee uh, asked him, um, if, if, I, if I cannot chant all of, if I can't chant while I'm driving my taxi, then it's very hard for me to get my rounds done. He said, what should I do? And Srila Tamal Krishna Goswami told him that you should chant at least half your rounds before you start driving your taxi. So he was, he was making some exceptions with the understanding of what life was like here in the Western countries. And so today's class then has to do with about authority, learning to accept an authority. And as we read in our instructions here, uh, uh, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Krishna himself appearing in the, in the complexion and in the mood of Srimati Radharani 500 years ago. Um, Lord Chaitanya, uh, appeared to be accepting the authority of Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, who was a greatly, uh, recognized authority on Vedanta. 
And so he was, uh, so uh, in order to show him proper respect, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sat in the temple at Puri and listened to Sarvabhama Bhattacharya for seven days continually. Uh, we don't even, we can't even imagine how that's done now. But without making any comment, so by the end of, end of the, uh, well, after he had been talking for such a long time and had no questions and no comments from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then he asked him, uh, why, why are you, why are you just sitting? You haven't, you haven't made any comments at all. Do you not have any questions? And so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, told him that, uh, you know, I accept the Srimad Bhagavatam as it is given by the author, Srila Vyasadeva, but I cannot understand the interpretation that you're giving of his sutras that he's included in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Uh, are you leaving today for me? Okay. So it's a, it's a matter then of authority, and how to how do we know who is a proper authority? Because in this society that we're in nowadays, we hear from so many people uh, by way of television, by radio, internet, and quite often they have differing understandings of 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 what is going on in our society today. So this is a problem in the Western society especially, and we understand the Western society is having its great influence on on the uh, the Indian population as well. Um, but we understand that there, there are so many different persons who are posing themselves as authorities, and yet they don't recognize the authority that we recognize in the Krishna consciousness movement, uh, who is, comes in the form of Srila Vyasadeva. Sri Dwaipayan, Krishna Dwaipayan Vyas, um, who came uh, many years ago. And he was the one, he divided all the Vedas into four parts and grouping them according to the, uh, the type of information they had in them. But he still was not satisfied, so he had himself an authority. And that authority came to him. And who was that person? Narada Muni. Sri Narada. Who is, uh, we, we consider Sri Narada to be one of the, uh, he has appeared in Lord Chaitanya's pastimes, uh, as, uh, Sri Srivas. So when we say Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunitanda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Srivas, we're talking about Narada Muni making his appearance in the pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So at one, at his time when he was frustrated, but he was at the, probably the most mature spiritual state that he had attained in his lifetime, this is Srila Vyasadeva, then he had to re- receive information from Narada Muni, and that information was, you haven't spoken directly about the Supreme Lord. The Vedas have gone over many, many topics, but now you need to speak something about the Supreme Lord himself. And so that has become then the Srimad Bhagavatam. And of course, his son, who is known as Shukadeva, 
Shukadev Goswami was responsible for speaking what had been spoken to him by his father, Vyasadev, uh, when he spoke, when uh, Shukadev Goswami spoke to King Parikshit Maharaj. And it's said that uh, his speaking of the Bhagavatam is like the parrot that pecks a fruit on a tree. And because of the pecking of that parrot, that fruit, that particular fruit, if it's a mango, it becomes even sweeter than it was before. So even though Srila Vyasadeva had spoken the Bhagavatam to his son, when his son, Shukadeva Goswami, spoke it to King Parikshit Maharaj, it was even sweeter. So now, these are our authorities. And so we come to the current representative of the Supreme Lord. The most recent one who has hit the planet is Srila Prabhupada, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. And uh, so we have to know these persons who are presenting the authority of the Srimad Bhagavatam because it's on the basis of the authority of the Shri, of Srila Prabhupada that the disciples of Srila Prabhupada and his grand disciples accept the Srimad Bhagavatam of Srila Vyasadeva is a perfect literature that doesn't need any alteration at all. And so Lord Chaitanya, after he's been listening to uh, the uh, uh, the Bhattacharya, Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, after he's been listening for such, uh, so attentively for seven days, then he he rather chastises him a little bit, but he does so in very sweet tones, sweet words. And so we recognize then certain authorities in our lifetimes uh, it, for for a number of reasons, uh, it, it, we talked about Srila Vyasadeva, and and there was it, this was a massive undertaking, literary undertaking that he performed, uh, bringing all of the instructions, the the uh, uh, commentary on the Upanishads into uh, one book, and it's called the Srimad Bhagavatam. Now, we understand that uh, in the heavenly planets, uh, there are more verses. I think there are 100,000 verses in the Srimad Bhagavatam, as we have it on this planet. But in the higher planetary system, I think uh, Lord Brahma has spoken the Bhagavatam, and, and his, his version was one billion verses long. So anyhow, Prabhupada has made the... Srimad Bhagavatam accessible to those of us in this age, but how do we how do we determine who is an authority? Who who can tell us and make us believe that the Srimad Bhagavatam is authoritative, authoritative literature? Because as many people who have come to this movement, um, those of us who come from a Christian background, how the 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 uh, Judeo Christian Bible, known uh, which is in two parts, the Old Testament, New Testament, is our authority. So we have to under we have to we had to come to an understanding some point along the way. Then what makes the Srimad Bhagavatam more authoritative than the literature that we're already familiar with? Otherwise, it's just like if if you're trying to give up eating a particular type of food because it's not necessarily good for you, then it's you have to, I mean, it's very hard just to renounce it and stop eating. I'll give you an example, ice cream. Very, very hard to give up eating 
ice cream for a person who's become addicted to it. Now, I, w- I won't tell you in my own personal experience who a person like that might be, but you can probably guess. So if we, in, in order to give up eating something that is really tasty, then we have to have something that is even more tasty. So for those of us who came into this movement, this Hare Krishna movement, with backgrounds in Judaism, backgrounds in Mohammedanism, uh, Mohammedanism, uh, Islam, uh, with backgrounds in Christianity, uh, then we have to have some very, very uh, uh, um, controlling um, influence, some very powerful factor which can cause us to take up another scripture as authoritative instead of the ones that we have come to know. And let me say that in in passing here, in case we have some persons who are from Christian backgrounds, this is not to belittle or denigrate the uh, holy scriptures of of the Christians or the Jews or or those who are, are members of the Islam, the Muslim faith. Uh, but rather, this is to to uh, uh, present a type of literature that is it, it has moved beyond the information that we were familiar with. In other words, if, if we want to compare what we have come from uh, to the to the glorious authority of the Srimad Bhagavatam, then we have to say something like this is like comparing. Uh, an elementary mathematics book to uh, a course in calculus or differential equations in college. In other words, that does not mean that what you learned in the first, second, third, fourth grade of your education about mathematics was invalid. It was invalid, and it was on that information that all the other, uh, uh, the information that you have learned in algebra, trigonometry, um, uh, analytic geometry, and then going on into calculus courses, and then going on into differential equations. Um, it's not like the higher courses invalidate the lower courses. They just add more information. So we, we're talking about then how do we, how do we get to, uh, to a, um, uh, an authority uh, that we can put our faith in and that we can trust their words so that uh, it will actually have some effect on our spiritual lives. So we've heard from our our Param Guru, Srila Prabhupada, uh, and from him we've learned about Srila Vyasadeva and, uh, and about Sri Narada Muni who came to Vyasadeva as his spiritual master. And then we've heard about Shukadev Goswami, um, who who became uh, the spiritual master for Sutta Goswami, who then presented the Srimad Bhagavatam once again to the to the great sages who were assembled in Namisharanya forest. So, what what are the um, what are the effects that we get from those proponents, those persons who are authoritative speakers of the Srimad Bhagavatam, what do we observe about them that helps us to accept them as uh, spiritual authorities in our own lives? One of those qualities is the desire to fulfill the desires of the uh, Supreme Person. 
In other words, desiring to fulfill the desires of someone else. And that person is the Supreme Lord. We know him as Radha Krishna. And so we see that, that, that those persons whom we consider to be authoritative, they seem to be having a strong, strong um, impetus to fulfill the desires of the Supreme Lord. And one of those, uh, let's, or let's, let's just say that that desire of the Supreme Lord that our spiritual authorities are passing on to us. Uh, that those desires are that everybody who is in this material world, languishing in this material world from lack of knowledge, from lack of proper examples to follow, to live by, um, um, those, those, that is the, that's the strong desire of Krishna. And that's the reason that he sends such persons as Vyasadeva, as Narada, as, as, uh, um, uh, Sukadeva Goswami, as Sutta Goswami. The reason that he sends these personalities, and then more recently, that's the reason that he sends Srila Prabhupada, and sends all the, the disciples of Srila Prabhupada who have been, been faithful to follow him, to follow his example. And so, fulfilling the desires of the Supreme Lord, then that's one of the examples that Srila Prabhupada has given us. Another one is um, uh, giving up a, a, a comfortable lifestyle. Now, that doesn't mean that if you already have a lifestyle that is comfortable, <laughs> that you have to necessarily uh, go into poverty uh, just just to claim that, that you're a renunciate. As a matter of fact, renunciation takes place not so much in the, in the physical acts as it does, first of all, in the mind and intelligence. And if one can get to the point of, of simplifying his life and foregoing all of the material pleasures that might be available to him or to her, uh, then that's considered to be an example that you're following from the Acharyas, from those who have come before us. And we, another one of the qualities of those personalities that we tend to follow as our authorities is that they have great compassion for other people. And of course, they want to deliver all of those personalities, all the people who are in this Kali Yuga back to the spiritual world to please the Supreme Lord. Then they have to have compassion for them. And because without that compassion, if you say, oh well, you can take it or leave it. You know, that's not, that's not really showing a great deal of loving compassion. The, the one who has the most feeling for other people, uh, to want to help them get out of this material world, uh, they, they will, they will continue trying to present a, a, a really good example in their own lives, just like with our children. Uh, you know, some of us have children that have um, kind of strayed away a little bit, maybe from the strict devotional life that maybe we don't even follow ourselves so much anymore. And then we wonder uh, wh- why they don't. But we have others who are, who seem to be following very carefully the examples that have been set by their parents, especially those parents who are still in good standing in this international society for Krishna consciousness. 
And so, um, then our, we can, we can expect that our children, uh, cannot be, um, any more dedicated than we're showing in our example to our children. <clears throat> so it, it, this is part of our compassion for other people that we deny ourselves uh, all of the material pleasures that we were so so rapidly chasing after uh, when we were younger and and now we're trying to uh, continue having that kind of renunciation so that when our children look at us they will consider us to be somewhat authoritative, and even if they don't consider us to be authoritative, then maybe they will look beyond us to those persons in our society who have uh, very much expressed their renunciation in a way and their compassion in such a way that people are attracted to them. And because they're attracted, then they can listen to the philosophy that those persons are expounding. And then finally, dedicating the fruits of one's labors is another one of those qualities of proponents of the philosophy that, that, uh, Srila Vyasadeva is presenting in the, in the, uh, Srimad Bhagavatam. So then we accept the activities of our predecessors. We, we try to simplify our lifestyles. We try to learn to associate peacefully with other devotees around us, not causing any offense, and not even if someone is a little bit offensive to us, not accepting those offenses, but to to be like a, a, a sage of steady mind who is not buffeted about by all of the headaches and problems that come in this age of Kali. And one of the last qualities that I want to present here of our predecessors is the fact that they did not waste time. And if, if you listen to some of the old uh, tapes of Srila Prabhupada, uh, you will hear him saying, don't waste time. If you have time, chant Hare Krishna. So these are the kinds of qualities that we've been talking about uh, that help us to accept other people as our authorities. Now, my own spiritual master and Mother Kunti's spiritual master, who is Tamal Krishna Goswami, uh, once I heard him say that when the spiritual master is not personally present, then your spiritual authority is your temple president. You hear him say that, Mother Kunti? Have you ever heard Gurdjieff say that? Yeah. He said, when the, when the spiritual master is not, and he, at that time, he was personally present on the planet, Tamar Krishna Goswami. And he said, when the spiritual master is not present, in other words, if the spiritual master is traveling all over the world and preaching in various places, then he's not going to be personally present with you at every moment. He's not going to always be available. So he says, your authority is your, is your temple president. Now, some people might say, well, now, Rupa Nugadas, you're talking about accepting authorities, but some of the persons that you have mentioned, I, I don't see them as being very exemplary. So why should I accept someone who is not exemplary as my spiritual authority? Well, then the, quest, I, the question I would raise within myself, if I had those thoughts coming to my mind, is, uh, you know, well, how authoritative are you, Rupa Nugadas? How exemplary are, exemplary are you in your behavior that you don't want to accept somebody else as your spiritual master? 
someone who is present on the planet before you. And if not your initiating spiritual master, then certainly your uh, your uh, your shiksha guru, your instructing spiritual master. So, anyhow, I think the the conclusion of our readings today, and and the conversation, the the ideas that I have brought out so far, is that uh, the the, uh, the the purport of all of that, or I should say, the um, the summation summary of everything that we've been talking about today, is that we have to learn who is authoritative, who is a bona fide. Uh, spiritual authority. Just as Krishna said in Bhagavad Gita to Arjuna, he says, uh, just try to search out a spiritual master. Just seek out a spiritual master. Render service to him and inquire from him submissively because uh, that kind of person can enlighten you because he is uh He has seen the truth. And so uh, one of the most difficult uh, goals of our lives and, and one of the most difficult for our, certainly for our children and those persons that are coming after us is to, is to uh, find a spiritual authority and render some service to him and just accept what he has to say as as something that we can live by, render a little service to him, and because a person like this has has already been through the fire, he's received knowledge, he's acting in renunciation, he's he's generally a spiritual authority that we could not even imagine when we were much younger. So I will end here today uh, with the encouragement to everyone that if you have not yet sought out a spiritual master, that you do so. And you do so sooner rather than later, because we never know how long we're going to be present on this planet, and we never know also how long the person that we might be aspiring to accept as our spiritual master is going to be on the planet either. So the best thing to do is as soon as possible, make a connection with a person whom you can consider your spiritual authority, the one who is going to help you get back to the spiritual world by the end of this lifetime. Hare Krishna. So that ends our discussion today, our continuing discussion of the introduction to the first canto, first chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam. And as you notice, uh, we did not chant the first verse. I'm, I'm going to leave that for the person who starts giving a class on the first text in the first canto, first chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam. So we'll end here and thank everyone for joining us today. Um, it's, it's, it's a pleasure to me, even though I don't see you here in the temple room, it's a pleasure knowing that at some point in time uh, you're going to uh, maybe reflect on some of the ideas that we presented today and use them to in, in, increase your spiritual life. Uh, so that you no longer have to uh, live in the anxiety of this world, but you can actually, even before you give up your body, you can live in the uh, anxiety-free nature of the Vaikuntha planets, the spiritual world. Hare Krishna. 
Gratarashimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Shishi Ratha Kalachan Jidam ki jai. And we offer our respectful obeisances unto you, all you devotees who are just like desire trees, who fulfill the desires of everyone, and who are full of compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. Banchakalpatarubhyas cha kripas nibhyevacha patitanam pavanibhyo vaishnabhyo namo namah anantakoti vaishnabhindakijaya. Have a good day, everyone. Remember to chant Hare Krishna.